and welcome to the Decking Awesome Podcast. My name is Brian and I'm joined as always by the awesome Kira and Owen. Hello. Hi. So today we are chatting about our experience with Board Game Arena. We're going to talk about what it is, what it was like adapting dice summoners for the online world, and why we like Board Game Arena so much. So... Board Game Arena, for those of you who haven't come across it, is a fantastic online platform for playing board games. There are tons and tons of free games up there. You can play with your friends, you can play private games, or you can just log on and play with any amount of strangers. It is fantastic. You can play it on your phone, on your laptop, on whatever. If you haven't checked out Board Game Arena already, it is definitely worth doing. It has certainly saved us a bit of lockdown meltdowns throughout this whole COVID experience. So why don't you guys tell us a bit more about Board Game Arena? So um, Board Game Arena is um, a board game platform that allows you to uh, play games where the rules have been implemented using code. So it's kind of a really good place to play a game that you might not be that familiar with or you might have only played once before or you haven't played at all. So you don't have to learn all the rules. It's a good idea to do it, but the platform guides you as well. So it's really good in that way. It makes it a little bit easier to get started. It's a 2D platform for the most part. They do have a handful of games in 3D and they're really, the 3D games done really well, look great, but they are few and far between because it's quite a hard platform to develop 3D games on. But everything that you have in in a 3D game in real life can be implemented or well most things anyway in 2d so the uh, platform doesn't really um hinder that in any way like dice you can do a little bit of visuals with the dice but effectively your result is usually fine to represent 2d the only thing you're missing out on really is your minis but otherwise as good as exactly doesn't you don't lose that and then it's free so you can play most games on it for free uh, there are premium games as well that you have to pay to play you kind of play a pay a subscription fee and then you get access to all the premium games so like to start out with play the free games there's so many of them and it's loads of fun and then go to premium if you're if there's a game you really really want to play and you know that you that it'll be worthwhile going to it because it's free as well it's a really good platform to figure out games that you might like in the future to to buy and own and to get an idea of a game that people have been talking about and you're curious about i suppose you say as well that the even though the premium is a subscription service it's not ridiculously expensive and if you want to play premium games with any of your friends or that online you don't all have to have premium accounts that just one person can get a premium account they can host the game and invite uh, invite their friends to play which is a cool feature it encourages premium but it's not uh, it's not going to break the bank for everyone if you want to play it. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Board Game Arena. There's so many games out there that are implemented in Board Game Arena and playing them also, especially playing games you've played before, you know, with friends, playing on Board Game Arena with all the rules implemented is so fun because I learn actually sometimes what specific card rules are, but you don't have to keep constantly reading what the cards do or their effects and stuff like that. You can just play the game. So if you're playing something like Roll for the Galaxy, you know, you don't have to worry about all the combinations and all the different like specifics. Your actions will show you what actions are available to you and then which ones you can kind of ship out. And all that kind of stuff is handled for you in the game, uh, which makes it a breeze, but you also learn more about the games you love. So it's just, it just means less reading of the rules, more time playing, and just a great selection. Yeah, so we talked, talked a bit at the start about how we adapted our game Dice Summoners for Board Game Arena. I mean, 
why why would we have done this <laughs> yeah well we we heard about board game arena uh, a while ago i think i can't remember how long ago before we started thinking about implementing dice summoners but we just we really wanted to kind of give people a chance to play dice summoners uh, before they bought the game and we had we had a look around a different kind of alternatives to board game arena the different choices out there kind of like you can have steam games you can have tabletop simulator those kind of things they're all really good uh, but board game arena we thought was as kind of developers ourselves it was that gave us the best platform to kind of create the game and it also is the best kind of community that we wanted to be part of so it kind of had all these pros going for it that just meant that board game arena was uh, like a really good option nice i suppose as well as helps that uh COVID lockdown happened and everyone was stuck at home with nothing to do. And in the very first lockdown, when the novelty of all of this was still going on and people weren't stuck in their houses, staring out the window longingly, we had a bit of time to to work on it. I know I say we, I know Owen did the absolute lion's share of this. He couldn't have done it without me just being there, personal <laughs> cheerleader. But realistically, I did nothing. So... <laughs> Yeah, there's some of the, some of the best pros about board game arena uh, for choosing it is I think not having to download the game is another one that because if you go Steam, you have to download the game, everyone has to buy the game, and then you have to play it together. Whereas this, you know, you can play it on your mobile phone, and then if something if you want to switch to your PC, you can do that because it's all web based, and the you know the sessions are fine. You know, you can close things out, you can reopen them again. You know, all that stuff is handled in the back end by the server. So, you know, it's it's, a, it's just a really handy way of playing board games. I think as well, what pushed us to do it was the UK Games Expo. At the time, we the UK Games Expo was going to be our first virtual games expo. And we didn't really know how to approach it. We were just brainstorming what we could and couldn't do to get ourselves out there for, for the UK Games Expo. And having an online version of our game came up as a really big pro to having something to show. Now, we didn't get it done in time for the actual expo itself, but at least it was part of kind of the ideas we were throwing out there to get ourselves in a better position for virtual than we were at the start of COVID. That was kind of just getting ourselves ready for what to do in the online world. Yeah, so, uh, you know, why why did we go with Board Game Arena over the likes of Steam? You mentioned that Steam was a was a good option for playing online board games as well. If you're considering developing your game or developing a game, why Board Game Arena over the likes of Steam or Tabletop Simulator or anything like that? Yeah, I think if, you, if you're focusing it from kind of a software development point of view or like a coder's point of view, and you're looking at all these different kind of uh, options available to you, Steam is great because you can develop it any way you want. So if you are a computer game developer, you can use the skills you have and then develop the computer game. I, I'm not, I used to be, but not anymore. So I think as people, there's a lot more web de- developers out there or web coders who understand like JavaScript and PHP and stuff like that. And Board Game Marina is a really strong option for them. Tabletop Simulator is also great too. The problem is the restrictive implementation of the rules means it's much harder to implement exactly what the game rules are when you're playing the game. And so people can kind of stray off course and do the wrong things or put cards in the wrong places. And so it can get a bit more confusing for the players because they have to be like a master at the rules. Whereas in Board Game Arena, you can make sure that the person can never go outside that rule set. Yeah, I think on, on Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia, it's more like they're providing a platform and you try and implement your game on top of a kind of a very comprehensive platform. 
So they've decided kind of the look and feel of everything and you add your pieces in. And that's really, really helpful. You just have to really worry about your components and then people can do whatever they need to do to get the the game going because they know how to play your game. But our reach probably wasn't far enough that enough people would know exactly how the rules are meant to be played and would invest the time in learning all those rules. And rather than kind of forcing anyone who was interested in our game to have to learn all the rules cold and then try and play it on a tabletop simulator, we just thought having it on board game arena means that, yeah, the game guides you into having to, to when you click summon a, a creature, the basic creatures pop up onto the very clever thing of having them appear at the top of the screen to kind of force you to go, oh, this is what I now have to deal with. And uh, you're guided along. So even if you only do a brief run through of the rules, you have enough there that you are kind of guided along. And um, Tabletopia and Tabletop Simulator didn't do that in a way that we thought people who wouldn't be familiar with our game would find it easy to pick up. For bigger games, that's not a problem because they're famous enough and people have them in real life enough that they don't need to worry about that. But we probably weren't there. And then, like Azon said, Steam, you need to be like a software house to, to, to build a good game on Steam that's going to get the money in to counteract how much time and effort you've spent on it. Because like Steam is a, is a brilliant platform, but it's, you're competing with computer games and board game selection on there is really high quality. It is a board game selection that can compete with computer games like really good renderings of Gloomhaven and Psy and Terraforming Mars are all on there and they're really good quality. Well, that's certainly a lot to think about. So Board Game Arena does uh, make it a bit easier for, you know, you to set it up so players will have to follow the rules of the game and can figure it out. So no more swiping money from the bank in Monopoly now. It's you're following the rules or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if someone's interested in getting into development on board game arena does it cost anything um no i think if you are a coder that you want to get involved in board game arena all you have to do is sign up and uh, you can get a developer account in board game arena and uh, there is so many great projects of uh, board games that haven't been implemented yet but once you get the access then you can start downloading other people's projects and checking them out and seeing how they manage the you know javascript connecting to the php uh, there's lots of different options there. Uh, and you can also start doing some tutorials on some kind of basic games like, you know, Reversi and Hearts. And they'll help you kind of understand the kind of games that work the best in Board Game Arena. Myself and Owen both looked at the tutorials to make sure that we could figure out a way of coming up with how we'd implement dice summoners on the, on the platform. And that really did give us a lot of information. The tutorials aren't like comprehensive of every single feature of board game arena but they definitely cover the fundamentals and you can kind of get a much better idea when looking at the code if you are somebody who codes even as a hobby you might get enough information there on what you need to do before we started recording we had debated what the word for hobbyist coder is if you are someone who codes as a hobby can you message us and let us know because we haven't got to the bottom of this that's just i say coders coders (laughs) code hobbyists I don't know. It's hard. There's no there's no defined word out there. Or there is. Hodor. Hodor. 
since you guys did the majority of it, tell us a bit about how the developing of the game went. Yeah, so it, it, like Kira said, it started off with the tutorials. With the tutorials, we both kind of tried to figure out, you know, this framework, this board game runa framework could do and what kind of potential it has. We would take the three t- tutorial projects and kind of mess around with them and see what kind of messages we can send. And then we started working on the basic kind of platform of Dice Summoners, uh, which is just kind of like no dice just cards. And we just started from that very basic principle and see see if we could get like JavaScript sending synchronous messages and changing the state of the backend. And then once we had that, then we started developing the new features. Uh, yeah, so Kira was great. She was, the, uh, we kind of worked together architecting and designing the game and then bug fixing. And then I, I wrote most of the code. Yeah, Owen had much more work to do on this. After work every evening was working away on actually the bulk of the code. I just dipped in and out. <laughs> And I was also here. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, you can, because you can get everyone else's projects as well. So you can get like Castles of Burgundy and you can see other people's implementations. You can see kind of what the general approach is to developing the games, which is kind of hard to describe. But there's in the framework, there's obviously like there's the back end of the PHP and then there's a front end of where you can kind of control how it looks like the state of the game. And then you also have the JavaScript, which then controls the nice, pretty stuff in the front end, but it doesn't do a whole lot of logic. And yeah, if you once you start getting your head around that, because, yeah, you know, there's lots of different ways of, there's lots of different board games out there. So there's lots of different approaches you can take to developing it. We went with a very synchronous approach where each state had someone do something and then it goes on to the next state. There wasn't much asynchronous kind of actions that could happen at any moment. And that kind of fit perfectly in with what Board Game Arena wanted to do. So we stayed within that kind of framework very easily. But you can extend it and you can add in cool things. Uh, Santorini has a very cool three-dimensional JavaScript front end. I'm sure that took a long time to develop. But yeah, I'm sure in the back end, it looks almost identical to uh, error code of that kind of synchronous state. Yeah, the raw JavaScript, I think you were saying really means that there's a lot of work to everything that you write. So you have to be prepared for there's going to be a lot of a lot of code even for the simple things to some degree. Yeah, architecting it was it was difficult. I think we didn't come up with a massive plan as to how we were going to approach every single feature. We kind of went in with an approach of developing the basics, the fundamentals, and then just taking our time and seeing how to fit all this stuff together without actually digging into the code too much. And then we slowly kind of added it together in uh, piece by piece. I think for developing in board game where the, the game definitely needs to be fit, fully finished and fully released because changing things isn't that easy. So yeah, I think that there's loads of games that are already out there that publishers have said they want on board game arena, but they just don't have the developers to work on it. So if you are, if you're a coder, definitely check out one of those. Cool. So if, if you're going down the road of, you know, maybe it's your own game, maybe you want to work on a game you physically played, what are the stages for, you know, sitting down at a keyboard to getting the game fully released what kind of hurdles do you have to go through yeah i think you mentioned the first one which is you got you got to set yourself up as a developer on board game arena and then you have to get rights from the publisher to actually develop the board game now luckily there's a whole bunch of board games there already that publishers want uh, developed but if you don't see the board game there you can always contact the publisher and say hey i'm a board game arena developer this is my first game I would love if it was, uh, if I could, you know, develop this for Board Game Arena. Uh, you'd be surprised how often publishers would say yes to that. Maybe they have their own plans for like creating a game in Steam and they don't want one in Board Game Arena. But at least, you know, if you don't send a message, you won't know. That's true. We we asked the 
the publishers of Dice Summoners and they were very obliging. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, I sent an email, email to Kira, I think it was. <laughs> and I responded to agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very handy. A little bit of nepotism there, but still. Um, <laughs> I do think you have to go through Board Game Arena before approaching any of the companies yourself. Just check that Board Game Arena themselves have contacted a lot of publishers. So they have a list of people they've recently contacted to see if they could license the game. So so don't be afraid to approach them. Anything we asked them about, they were very, very helpful, the team that works on it. Uh, and you might, you might be uh, uh, kind of hesitant to say, I'm not going to develop an entire board game. That seems like a lot of work. But I think most of the work is done by the framework. You're not going to have to worry about sending messages back and forth, you know, dealing with states. If you work inside that framework, they have enough of the functionality in there to allow you to do whatever you want. Yeah, I'll try to talk. So once you've done that and you've kind of figured out you can kind of send the messages to the publishers and not worry too much about what the response is. You would then start working on the tutorials and the technical documentation. Like Kira said, it's not uh, perfect and it won't cover all the use cases, but there's a lot of information in there as to what each kind of you know front end messages do and how it relates to the back end. And once you do the tutorials, you'll get a very firm understanding of how to develop a game in Board Game Arena. Obviously, once you start developing the board game, then it starts facing into issues of how do I get specific functionality to work? And that can be very tricky. We found that uh, the forums were a really good tool, like uh, trawling through some of the answers on certain functions and stuff like that. A lot of people encounter the same problems. Like if you have a dice or a card game, people have discussed hundreds of things that are related to dice and card game utilization of, of the board game libraries available on, on board game arena. So like, the resources on the actual site itself are good. There's just maybe not, everything isn't as straightforward. So just uh, persevere and look around the whole site to try and get the information that you're looking for. And if you can, like one of the things I just did to help out was I just played a lot of board game arena games and then told on when I saw features that we might want to use. And so that we could just, there's a, a lot of people allow their code to be available, freely available. For, to you on Board Game Arena so you can take a copy. So when we found games that had the thing we wanted implemented, we could just get a, a copy of the data and find out how they did that and then copy it. <laughs> yeah, plagiarism. Yeah, try and plagiarize as much as possible. There's so many... No, no, no. People... So play, plagiarism, plagiarism is highly illegal. If you steal from one person, that is completely wrong. If you steal from many people, that's research. Perfectly acceptable. <laughs> there, there are some really good examples of games out there that, that do some really cool things. Yeah, you, you might might look at, you know, if you look at the tutorials, you might get uh, a bit confused as to why Board Game Arena is so popular because it doesn't seem like it has that much f uh, functionality. But it's kind of what the community does with that framework is really interesting and really cool. There's so much interesting things that they've done. Like, you know, I, I'd say Santorini is obviously the best looking game out there I've seen, but you, we've seen like great implementations of Love Letter and Dungeon Pets and Dice Forge that kind of helps us, especially with dice related games and card games, kind of figure out what we want and how we want the uh, kind of flow to look inside the game. Yeah, so once you get that kind of settled down, you've kind of figuring out how to do it. You create the basic kind of game you have. Then you can start releasing the game onto the onto Board Game Arena. And as a developer, you're going to be pushing everything to alpha. And this is kind of like the very basics of the game. And then at that point, you can also invite people in to play the game at that point. 
and uh, see and kind of mess around with it and see if you can get bugs out of it and kind of develop new features. But yeah, that, that whole process until the game is fully kind of completed, you're going to be in alpha for a long time. Just trying to figure stuff out. So you need you need 10 people to approve the game. And if you're not that popular a game or you don't have that much of a backing, it can take a while to get 10 people with the right credentials to, to approve, review and approve the game. So it will take a few weeks if you're if you don't have p- enough people who know your rules. For the most part, the the testers are brilliant. They'll go on. They'll give you lots of great feedback. They'll say, "Oh, look, we tried this out. This didn't really work." If you fix this and get back to them and go, "Oh, look, there you go. I think I've sorted that out now." They play through it and everything seems fine. Give you the big old thumbs up. And there's there's lots of functionality that you don't have to add straight away into the game. Kind of flashy stuff that we put in. You know, like we didn't even implement defense tokens until much later on. And then we have like dice and then we also have translations. So there's lots of other things that we don't have to worry about too much. Like if you're waiting for artwork from the publisher and they don't want to give you the final artwork until like you are done, you have to have placeholder stuff. That can all be, you know, developed with whatever you have. Because I know we, like once we went to beta, then we started putting in like the proper artwork, proper big content and kind of making it look nice as possible. But yeah, alpha, alpha lasts a while. And then once it goes into beta, that's uh, like a big release point. That would that one took a long time for us, but it was really satisfying to see it. Once it goes into beta, all of your bugs, or at least the ones you found, should have been resolved. And they were for dice summoners. You might still get some feature requests. We get some uh, feature requests for cool things that people want to see, but uh, we're not fully able to implement it at that time. Then once it goes into beta, then instead of it just being a few people playtesting it, like people who are like being playtesters for a long time, it's now open to everybody, the entire world. And you'll immediately see your plays go from like two a day to about like a thousand a day. <laughs> <laughs> and if there is any bugs, they will be found out pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, that is one great thing about Sport Game Arena is people aren't hesitant about going, oh, hey, found a problem. There you go. So <laughs> and now in a nice way, and they're not just slamming the game, they're going, oh, hey, look, I noticed that this didn't work exactly the way I thought it would. You know, is that the way it's supposed to or does that need to be fixed? So for the most part, the, the feedback and the community there has been fantastic with uh, with helping us out. Yeah, they're, they're a lot, a lot uh, nicer than my usual people who are giving me bugs in my actual job. These these guys like help you go through it and they kind of point out what's going on. And if you want to talk to them, you can kind of ask them questions and it's a very friendly atmosphere. There's not this whole kind of, you know, like offer product kind of thing because it's a free game everyone's just like happy that there's games there rather than <laughs> privileged you know they, they want something out of it and um, very nice people yeah so war game arena has a huge amount of resources available there for you which is uh, incredible so they've got the tutorials that you guys were talking about there's the other games that you can borrow code from it's it does sound like it really offers you a lot of functionality to to getting your game up and running so would you say all you need is the stuff that's available there on Board Game Arena and eight to ten plus years of coding experience? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I haven't done PHP in a long time, and I obviously I I've, I've do JavaScript development, but it's kind of newer JavaScript. Uh, I don't want to be harsh on Board Game Arena, but it's like kind of an older versions of stuff. But that's only because it works with the framework. So you'll be sending Ajax, but it's not it's not a big deal. I think uh, anybody who is interested in web development, you don't have to dig t- too deep into PHP and JavaScript. Uh, you just need to understand, you need to have done something similar, whether it's PHP or it's Java or C++ or whatever. You, once you have that kind of knowledge, you can 
create a game pretty quickly because you're mostly just calling libraries. Ah, uh, yes. Hello? Is this a library? Still have books? <laughs> you guys still open? Close. Not really what I meant, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't get involved in the coding. <laughs> I do think that the platform has a lot of the answers on their own website. We didn't have to stray too far from. There are some good like tutorial videos and stuff like that on YouTube and stuff, but actually, well, mostly own, but me and own found a lot of the answers that we were looking for uh, on the on the site itself or just through perseverance of like tweaking the use of some libraries and functions. Yeah, I, I think if you're going to develop it yourself, you're going to have to put in some pretty strict development guidelines for your own kind of work. Because, you know, if you are developing the game from scratch, you're going to have to come up with your own backups of the data. Maybe maybe put it all in GitHub or Bitbucket or something like that. Now, obviously, Board Game Arena has their own kind of code stuff in there, but you're better off have, having one created by yourself. Uh, you can get into issues of, you know, cha- changing a small bit of Ajax here or changing something there, and then your game not working. And it's really difficult to find out why without, like, because you can put in system prints and the debugging is quite good. And there is, like, lots of exception logs inside Board Game Arena, but it can be tricky to hunt down exactly why. Kira mentioned it before of using the forum. That's really good. But at the end of the day, it's going to be hard work and per- perseverance to try and figure out how some bugs occurred. I remember one bug me and Kira worked on for like a day and it was an SQL bug and I can't remember what it was, but it, we ended up spending a day and, you know, it was a one line fix, but it was a really important line. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not so different from coding then. <laughs> coding anything no. else, yeah. <laughs> one day you can do like a thousand line of code and the next day you're fixing one specific line and you figure out why this line won't work. Yeah, it can be, it can be uh, tricky, but that's just, that's the nature of JavaScript and PHP. I think, yeah, you can't locally you kind of run things. You kind of have to chuck it up onto the server on Board Game Arena to kind of get understanding of it. Oh yeah, um, that w- that made it quite like difficult. Once you go into alpha, there's nowhere you can like, or it's not easy to just create a test instance. I don't think that's available to you. So that can make it a little bit frustrating. It, it was definitely hard for me. I'd just be looking at the code cold if I was trying to help out with a bug or just like looking through things to try and figure out if we could do something better. So, so that definitely is a little bit different. I guess that's kind of like old fashioned style of coding. Definitely when I was working on mainframe, you know, there was, wasn't an easy test environment. But it's kind of the same sort of system. So, so there's there's great features that Board Game Arena has, but it's not like a full, fully fleshed out development environment in in that sense. In the modern kind of all the bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And um, yeah, but I still developing an IDE, still like choose Visual Code or or IntelliJ or something like that. Is that even what I used? I can't even remember what I used. We use Visual Code. Was it Visual? Yeah. Visual Visual Studio Code. Yeah, it's Visual Studio Code. I don't know. They they renamed themselves. It used to be Visual Studio, and then now it's called Code or something. So, no, because well, Visual Studio, yeah, Community is the C C sharp one that I use. Uh, but yeah, it, it only really does PHP and kind of JavaScript. It's it's hard because you know you're calling libraries that the IDE doesn't kind of yes because it, it there's like table board game arena will interpret the code a little bit differently than what the IDE expects. So it can look a bit weird. But yeah, there's like, if you, you know, you, once you start developing and you start doing the tutorials, you'll see that there's common things you're going to do to kind of see what the bugs are, see what the issues are, especially when compilation. And you'll start to get the hang of it pretty quickly. Cool. So if you were going at this second time around again, or you were going to take another crack at it, would you do anything differently? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think we made the right decision on 
how we were going to approach the game to be like synchronous calls. I think we would have understood a bit more about how the kind of how it communicates with the backend. So what you know, one of the problems we had is we we hard coded in a lot of things that we didn't realize that would be variable or want to be configured later on because, you know, Dice Summoners, the board game doesn't have them as variable. So things like having a, a global view of the defense tokens or having like randomized deck sets starting off, those things were very difficult to implement right now because of the approach we made at the start. So we have, there's a, there's these, there's this thing in, in uh, board game arena and it's called a materials. And inside the materials pretty much has the state and all the like all the starting off data that your game needs to run. So whether that's all the cards and all the cards abilities and what the dice do and structuring that in a, in a very, very kind of easy way at the start helped us finish the game pretty quickly, but it also kind of set us in stone as to how the game was going to be developed in the future. But yeah, I, th- I think we I think we made the right approach. I think that the end result was really great. I think that the fact that we have a game online, especially right now, is fantastic. It was it's great to see people playing our game, even though like it's been hard right now to to kind of push dice summoners and work on on developing the board game or selling the board game because uh, we don't have events that we can go to and kind of sell to people. So I'm really glad that we have this uh, opportunity. I definitely think Board Game Arena w- was the right choice for our platform. I think that the more we've learned about it versus the other platforms available, the more I think we can kind of be happy that we made the right decision to to allow the most people to play our game who wouldn't have played it before. Uh, and... It would have been great to have a bit more time before the UK Games Expo so that we could have showcased it there. Um, I guess I would say that to everyone, the playtesting and bug fixing is going to take up a little more than you expect. The platform has rules on how to implement things and and then it has those things that don't work that well and things that do work a lot better. And though there's no particular things like turn-based, there were a few things we did that meant that turn base took a lot longer. And I think that they were some of the feature requests that came in like straight off the mark, like defense token strategies and stuff like that. That sort of thing where we play it real time at a table in real life and then you move to a platform and this is these are the things that people want to do so that they can play with their friends who maybe can't get online at the same time as them. And I guess we weren't expecting that to be so popular we actually didn't use board game in to play long games over a long period of time with people so because that wasn't our usage profile we hadn't really thought that it was so popular and then once we had gone to alpha we had realized that there's a few people who do who play like that and alpha testing took a lot of like pushing to get people to to play even though we got good reviews it just took time to to get people who were willing to to submit reviews and and get it help us get it over the line, even though the community was so great and everyone was really really helpful. But but it it it's still a a long process. And we thought because we're the publisher and the developers, it might be a little bit easier. And I think that it was for some of the steps, but for other steps, it's still just it's still just a matter of time. Yeah, you make a good point about when we released uh, into beta that we had uh, turn based combat and there's issues with it that was uh, partly our problem of when we tested it we always tested it in real time and then there were some fundamental issues with the turn-based game 
But, you know, the community created bugs about it and then we've, we've resolved those bugs pretty quickly. But I think that also shows one of the powers of Board Game Marina, which is if you kind of develop it inside the framework and you make sure to follow their kind of guidelines, once you release that game, you get a whole bunch of features that you don't get in other games that just come for free. So obviously there's the chat that people can t- t- talk about. You also have this turn-based game that can last you know, days. So each each day person plays a, a move, uh, kind of like chess. That's kind of cool that it just comes for free. And then you also have uh, translations, which I love. So you can have you know, people play in Japanese and they're having a great time. And uh, obviously the cards, are, the artwork isn't converted into Japanese, but the tooltips are, they kind of hover over it. And that's perfect for people to kind of understand the game and play the game in a different language. Once you follow all those guidelines, all that is done. And you might be confused. It's like, well, but I'm, I didn't translate my game into Japanese. You, there's also people, there's community in Board Game Arena who will translate your game for you for free. They obviously get something. They get like, you know, Board Game Arena tokens that they can, you know, use. Uh, but that means that then you have this whole bunch of people from all over the world translating your game and then making it a, a, a available to everybody, which is inc- it's awesome to see. I, we, I remember we didn't even know it was happening. And then we check our stuff and we have like in Spanish and in Greek and it's all over the place. So that's awesome to see. So once you follow those guidelines, it just becomes part of it. Now, obviously, we had bugs for all these things because we didn't really pay attention to translations until beta because we didn't really understand how it works. But once the bugs started coming up, then we figured it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But that, that really was amazing to see, like, because on Board Game Geek, people started reviewing our, reviewing the game that they had played on Board Game Arena. So, like, we were seeing reviews coming in from, you know, South America, Antarctica, Russia. They were coming <laughs> in from literally everywhere. And we were like, where are people getting this? Oh, yeah, the online one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was incredible. It was very humbling. That was a bit of a two, two-sided sword, though, because obviously the Board Game Arena one doesn't have the full fleshed out design that our actual game has so you're kind of being judged on a fairly uh, a limited version of your game but but it was still great to see people tell, like so many people playing from all over the world yeah i wasn't expecting that i i didn't expect people playing the board game arena game only to you know review it in board game geek but people do very strange yeah because they haven't <laughs> um, played the actual game so i feel that's a yeah. bit of a weird yeah <laughs> So I suppose the the real test of, you know, would you recommend Board Game Arena or not is, would you do this again? Our future games, all all the next and upcoming DAG games, which you guys should definitely subscribe to uh, so you hear about them first. Will we launch those games on Board Game Arena? I think so. I think there, there, there are games where we can't because they're one playthrough games, but there are definitely games like Bumper Bots, that we will be pushing to board game Arena. Whether we make it free or premium, it's tough to know. We love the idea of free just because it means that people can play the game and then buy it. But if people are struggling to buy the game, then it can be, you know, it's it's struggling to put it down as for free. I think that one of the things you have to consider when you're deciding on uh, whether your game, I guess, should should go on board game Arena or not, um, as well as whether you should put your next game on board game Arena, is what sort of game it is. Like, Worker placement games and turn-based games are really, really suited to Board Game Arena. But I think we're going to be releasing a escape room style game. I'm not sure that will fit into the structure of Board Game Arena and won't really help. I think that it'll kind of it won't look as good or feel as good as a as a game on there. So I definitely say if you're a publisher of like social deduction games, really think if that's the right platform for that's gonna that's gonna sell that game to everyone playing. 
how, like and RPGs and stuff like that would probably keep on RPG preferred sites for definitely for uh, the main bulk of our like games board game board real board game board games. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good platform. Yeah, because I assume like when I play board game when I'm playing a social deduction game, I will play it uh, over Zoom and then I'll have board game Runa as like on the side where people can play it. So I'm using different ways of communicating with people outside of board game Runa because their chat is pretty much just text based. So you have to kind of be wary of that of, you know, if you if you require a lot of player interaction and player discussions and player conversations, it can be done in board game Runa, but you're going to either have to automate it in a way where people are given options and choices, or you have to implement some sort of voice thing. So any final tips for someone who's considering uh, getting into getting into developing a game or having someone develop their game on Board Game Arena? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say download a load of Steam board games, play a whole bunch of Board Game Arena board games, and uh, check out Tabletop Simulator and uh, Tabletopia. And just play as many of these uh, games as you can. You don't have to like uh, complete any of them or anything. Just just mess around, see what kind of features are there, see what kind of functionality is there. And if it interests you, and you'd, if, especially if you, if you see a game that you love that isn't there, definitely try, just see. Just see if you could maybe develop it yourself. And feel free to check out Owen's code that he wrote for Dice Simmers on GitHub to check out how hard or easy it is to... Uh, to develop a game. There's a lot of code. <laughs> uh, but you also see where the framework and libraries come into it. So so it's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, send us a comment or, or message us and, uh, and get in contact to see if you have any questions on the code or uh, just stuff you don't understand or just something specific you want to kind of dig deep into. And then we can uh, have a chat. Nice. So we have all of our code. Our code is all up on GitHub. As you're listening to this, it should be up there. Unless someone has stolen it from us. I don't know how GitHub works. I assume it's just still going to be up there. <laughs> but for you, I, I'm assured that you developer folk out there understand how GitHub works. It's also on Board Game Arena, I assume, because our game is up there. You can see the code we used. So if you're developing a game that has similar functionality to Dice Summoners, you can see how we did it and how it works that way. As, as we said before, full of tutorials and videos and a very helpful community and forums and that up there. So... Anyone who's interested in getting into the developing side of things, there are there's so many resources. And as I said, all of our all of our code is available there for anyone who wants to take a, a nosy at it. So it's worth pointing out as well, around the time that we're recording this, the company Asmodee have just purchased Board Game Arena. It's hard to know what kind of changes this will mean for the websites. I mean, all going well, it's just gonna be Asmodee sitting down at a computer and just coding all of their massive library of games onto Board Game Arena, which would be fantastic for the platform. We'd see a huge increase in the number of games that are available up there. So stay tuned. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what changes that means in the future. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for like a more functionality for the framework for developers and adding in new features that people want that they end up implementing themselves. But yeah, I, I can't wait to see what would happen with uh, Board Game Arena now that Asmodee is in charge. So Asmodee with their seemingly enormous fund of resources behind them and owning almost every game that comes out now is fantastic. We're very keen to see what happens, positive or negative, because if it's negative, you know, we can just go on the internet and complain about it until they fix us, as is the way of today's society. (laughs) 
that pretty much wraps up our whole experience with Board Game Arena. Um, if you've enjoyed this, please share us, tell everyone, follow us on any social media. You can search for Decking Awesome Games. And if you want to try out Dice Summoners yourself and play a game online, just go to Board Game Arena and search for Dice Summoners. We have been Decking Awesome Games. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. See ya. Bye.